All right, Spider-Verse. How do I prepare for Spider-Verse? Well, I've got a game ready that's going to help you out with all of the myriad amount of Spider-Man and Spider-Man adjacent characters. Are you ready? Ooh, a game. I love games. We're going to play Two Truths and a Lie. <gasps> love Two Truths and a Lie. You give me a list of three, and I pick the one that's not true. Yes, but we're going to do it with Spider-Man characters, or rather versions of Spider-Man. Versions of Spider-Man? From different universes or things like that. Uh, okay. All right. All right. All right. First one. It's a monkey who's Spider-Man, and he's called Spider-Monkey. Okay. We have the anthropomorphic pig, Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> then we have a plushie, the Spider-Man Sum Sum. Um, I'm gonna have to go with that last one. Well, Christy, they're all true. No. Yep, even the Sum Sum. What? No, no, no. If there are this many different versions of Spider-Man, how am I ever going to tackle Spider-Verse? We'll have to talk about comics. Yes! I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome back, readers, to our first episode covering Spider-Verse. Yes, we figured that this would be a perfect time to do so, given that Into the Spider-Verse, the movie, is coming out in a couple of months. And it's looking pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And since I got to pick the X-Men crossover, then Chris, of course, it fell to him this time around. So I am not surprised at all that we are covering Spider-Man, given that... He's your childhood favorite. He is my childhood favorite. I loved the, Spy or the Spider-Man animated series that was on Fox when I was a kid. And let me tell you, I just, I love Spider-Man's sense of humor. I love the humor that I find nearly ever, every Spider-Man comic that I have picked up so far. Yeah, they're all a lot of fun. So maybe first we'll start, before we get into summaries, we're going to start with a little background about Spider-Verse and maybe kind of where we're starting. Because readers... We are probably not going to cover literally all of Spider-Verse. There are absolute tons of it. So we're starting off with two of the Edge of Spider-Verse issues, which would be Amazing Spider-Man 7 and 8 from the year 2014, and uh, Superior Spider-Man 32 and number 33. This is, whole crossover was one that started in 2014, I think, I think in the fall? Yeah, that sounds about right. And it's kind of the culmination of a lot of stuff that's happened before it. The guy who is the instrumental author of it, Dan Slott, just stopped writing Spider-Man like a few months ago for real, in real time. And he'd been writing Spider-Man from about when I started reading comics, which would have been in about 2008. Yeah, so this is the most recent crossover that we've covered so far in the podcast. It's also the one that I've done the most back reading on because I read the Dan Slot run from the very start, well, from big time, which is some people consider the start of the Dan Slot run to this while we were covering our Phalanx Covenant stuff. So I have like 50 issues of backstory that I'm ready for. And I'm going into it very fresh faced. Yes. Well, we're going to start off our summary a little bit differently. We're going to do our, the summarize the two superior Spider-Man issues and then summarize the two amazing Spider-Man issues, kind of as two separate little summaries. Because mm -hmm, they 
they're of course all related, but a, a little unique on their own as well. Yeah, they don't really follow from each other per se. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound familiar at all. Are you ready for a summary? <laughs> summary. First, we'll start with the credits, which are a little bit complicated. Superior Spider-Man number 32 has a main story and a backup story. The main story is written by Dan Slott and Christos Gage, penciled by Giuseppe Comancoli, inked by John Dell, colored by Antonio Fabella, and lettered by Chris Eliopoulos, and edited by Nick Lowe and Ellie Pyle. The backup is written by Christos Gage, penciled and inked by Adam Kubert, colored by Rain Barreto, lettered by Chris Eliopoulos, and edited by Nick Lowe and Ellie Pyle. Superior Spider-Man number 33 is written by Christos Gage and Dan Slott, penciled by Giuseppe Comancoli, inked by John Dell, colored by Antonio Fabella, lettered by Joe Caramagna, and edited by Nick Lowe, while the backup is written by Christos Gage, art by M.A. Sepulveda, colored by Richard Isanove, and lettered by Joe Caramagna. In Superior Spider-Man number 32, we find Otto Octavius, the Superior Spider-Man. This takes place in the past, trapped in the future. Specifically, he is trapped in 2099, as he has seemingly replaced the Spider-Man of 2099 for a bit. That Spider-Man has come to the present to fix some time stuff, but for the sake of expediency, that isn't super important. After stealing some components from super corporations, and with the help of a computer AI, Otto is ready to head back to his own time. Unfortunately, every time jump brings him instead to a slightly different universe in which alternate versions of Spider-Man are being murdered by a unique weapon. Of course, this is being caused by one of the Inheritors, which is a family group of kind of vampires that hunt spider people that live on Earth-001. This one specifically being the large, old-timey helmeted Karn. We find Spider-Man of India, Pavatir Prabhakar, under attack from the spear-wielding Karn before being rescued by Otto to help fight the Inheritor threat. Pavatir thanks Otto for being included as the first member of this band, only to find an entire crew of spider folk ready for action. The issue has a really quick backup explaining the backstory of the assassin Spider-Man, who decided that Gwen Stacy's death meant he had a really great responsibility to go with the great power, a very murdery one. He was trained by Wolverine for combat, but poor Logan was no match for Karn when he arrived, leaving assassin Spider-Man to be picked up by Superior and crew. Next in Superior Spidey number 33, we head to Earth 2818, where Karn is hunting another version of Spider-Man, Cyborg Spider-Man. He's not alone, though, as Otto's band of spiders give Karn all they got. Karn, however, is much too tough for their assault and easily turns the tide before being joined by his family members, Bricks and Bora. After Karn takes a knife meant for Bora, the siblings begin to fight amongst themselves, which gives the spiders a chance to retreat. Back at their base, they lick their wounds as Otto struggles to figure out how to beat the Inheritors. While he gives the kindler, gentler Spideys some busy work, he confers with Assassin Spider-Man and the Spider-Woman from the Old Man Loganverse, who decide that they might have to take extreme measures. This story also has a backup featuring Karn as he battles Ai Apek, the Spider-God. He remembers when he first fought a god, the Master Weaver, centuries ago. The Master Weaver, a god who deals with the threads of fate, senses that Karn is not very suited for this killing. Karn hesitates while attacking the Master Weaver, which allows Karn's mother to be unraveled by the arachnid god, 
while the rest of his family captures the Master Weaver and thus find all of the spider heroes, Karn is punished by having a helmet welded over his face. Back in the present, he kills Aiapek and laments his eternal hunt. Next, we're going to go to Amazing Spider-Man 7 and 8. Amazing Spider-Man number 7 was written by Dan Slott and Christos Gage, penciled by Giuseppe Camincoli, inked by Cam Smith, colored by Antonio Fabella with Edgar Delgado for the backup, lettered by Chris Eliopoulos, and edited by Ellie Pyle, Nick Lowe, and Tom Bravort. These are also the same credits for the main story in number 8. For the backup for number 8, we have written by Dan Slott, penciled by Humberto Ramos, inked by Victor Olazaba, colored by Edgar Delgado, lettered by Chris Eliopoulos, and edited by Nick Lowe. So, Peter Parker, as always, lives a pretty complicated life, you know, having recently returned to his body after it being taken over by Dr. Octopus, running a company, and having spider power counterpart named Cindy Moon, who he definitely has this weird creepy pheromone thing with. Anyway, she's pretty sick of these pheromones making her and Peter want to make out all the time, so she's off to do her own thing. Meanwhile, a strange blue lady wearing Captain Marvel's outfit starts doing crimes, but Captain Marvel's die-hard fans are on the case, including the new superhero sensation, Ms. Marvel. She gives chase to the villain, Dr. Minerva, before discovering the bad guys have kidnapped an inhuman still in inhuman cocoon. <sighs> Go with us on this one. Spider-Man rushes in to help, but Minerva has used the DNA taken from Inhumans to graft onto Kree soldiers like herself, which transforms her into a big evil creature. In Amazing Spider-Man number 8, the heroes continue to fight Dr. Minerva and rescue the cocoon before it hatches into a little baby. Uh-oh. Well, anyway, one of the henchmen, who turns out to be a minor supervillain named Clash, has second thoughts and helps Miss Marvel secure the baby and turn on his fellow henchmen. In a moment of hilariousness, Spider-Man threatens to tell on Dr. Minerva to her superiors, and she flies away, thwarted. Meanwhile, Cindy Moon has come up with a slick new costume since she was just jumping around covered in webbing, as well as a new name, Silk, after stopping the Ringer from stealing some diamonds. Spider-Man tells Ms. Marvel that she's doing a great job at superheroing and then offers Clash a job at his cool company. Hooray for Spidey! Alright, these issues also have a couple of side stories. In Amazing Number 7, Spider-UK, who is both a Captain Britain, and a Spider-Man is observing the deaths of many Spider-Folk across the multiverse. This takes a bit of explaining. Captain Britain's also guard the multiverse, so that's a whole thing. The Spider-Men are being hunted by Morlin, who is a kind of vampire who likes eating people who bear the Spider-Totem, which basically in our case just means spider-themed heroes. Well, anyway, Morlun has a whole gosh-darn family called the Inheritors, like we said before, which makes the problem even worse. Spider-UK goes to the Omniversal Majestrix, Saturnine, to tell her of this. She has bigger problems, but her companion Lady Roma sends Spider-UK to deal with this threat. In Amazing Number 8, we get a terribly heartbreaking tale as Mayday Parker from the MC2 timeline and her family try to fight off one of these Inheritors. Unfortunately... Only she and her little brother Benji make it out, as her dad Peter and mom MJ perish, fighting Deimos. Mayday is grabbed by other members of the new Spider crew, vowing to break her own rules and kill Deimos. Alright, so this is the 
Is this the most issues we've read at once? No, I guess not. This is tied for the most issues we've read at once. Yeah, covering four in one. Right, but that was kind of one story, and this is like, this is a whole bunch of stories. Yeah, lots of things going on in uh, what feels like a web that we will eventually get to the center of. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, how many more arachnid puns are we going to hear? Oh, hopefully plenty. Yeah, I think they'll get a lot of legs, maybe even eight of them. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> well, um, so do we want to talk about the superior story first? Um, yeah, let's go with superior. All right. So you probably had to take a lot of this just kind of on like comics. Yeah, sure. That's how I generally read most comics aside for the ones that we do on the podcast. I'm just like, yeah, there is probably a ton of backstory that I don't know going into this, but you know what? I don't I don't have to know. I'll just I'll just make it up in my head along the way. It's more fun that way. Okay. So I'm going to try to fill you and the readers in a little bit, assuming that they're not reading along. Yeah, my first thing I needed filled in on was okay, Otto Octavius is Spider-Man. What? He was Spider-Man. <laughs> So back in Amazing Spider-Man 700, Otto Octavius, well, I think a couple issues before this, used some little drone thing to put his mind in Peter Parker's body and Peter Parker's mind in Otto's body, which was like re- like dying. Mm-hmm. And Peter really tried very hard to stop Otto. But what ended up happening was that Otto became overwhelmed by Peter's memories of like heroics and stuff. And even though Peter Parker dies in Otto Octavius's body, Peter, the like bit of Peter that's still in Otto Octavius, convinces him to be like a crime fighter. And then Amazing Spider-Man ended, and we started getting the comic Superior Spider-Man, which is Otto Octavius as Spider-Man fighting crime, but kind of doing it his own way. Which is, Otto is like even more, even smarter at scientific stuff than Peter, or... I don't know, like, applies it better. But he's also way more ruthless. Mm-hmm. And it, it gets kind of interesting. Like, he, he makes, like, a gang. So he basically becomes, like, a supervillain that fights crime. Like, he has, like, henchmen and stuff. Okay. So crime fighting a supervillain way. Yes. Um, but he kind of, like, does some other interesting stuff. Like, is, like, why would I sweat this little thing? Like, we there's, like, f- there's, like things in place for this. And so he kind of just, like, handled the big stuff. Mm-hmm. He also... Like, like, why handle, like, muggings when there's, like, police? Right. He also still had Peter's job. Peter was working in a science lab at the time called Horizon Labs. And Otto was still working there, but he kind of, like, did some even more out there projects. But he's also very abrasive. Like, he's kind of a jerk. So he kind of alienated a lot of people along the way. Mm-hmm. So eventually he comes to sort of a problem that that he cannot really solve by himself. And throughout this comic, you've had these instances where Peter's psyche in his own body is kind of on the back burner and trying to worm his way back in. And Otto finally lets Spider-Man take over his own body. So he becomes Spider-Man again, and Otto is no longer there. However, there's also this kind of strange thing that Peter's kind of left with some of the ramifications of what Otto has done, including the fact that Otto Octavius had a girlfriend who is named Anna Maria Marconi. Who 
when I first saw her in this comic, I thought it was a child. She is, she's just a, a little person. Yes. But sometimes she is not necessarily drawn in a way that makes a super good distinction. Yeah. I th- there's, there's sometimes where that's not the case. And I think, I think Humberto Ramos, who mostly drew her, did a pretty good job. Anyway, and that, that was, that was almost like a non-issue, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it was like a, it was barely brought up. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of awesome. You just, um, they took classes together because Otto forgot or did, thought that Peter had a PhD and found out he did not have a PhD. And he was like so incensed because he he's like, well, I have a PhD, but he couldn't like say he had a PhD because Peter didn't have one. So he just went and got another PhD. No. Yeah. So Anna Maria Marconi, after all this, just kind of has to deal with the fact that Peter is Peter now and is no longer Otto Octavius, but she's still kind of trying to help him out a little bit. And I think he's still like, Hangs out at her apartment and stuff. Okay. But then also right before this was the original Sin crossover, which I'm sure we'll get to eventually, where a a bad guy reveals that all, all these people's hidden secrets. It's how Thor became unworthy and how we got um, Jane oh, Foster's Thor. okay. But in this case, it's how we got Cindy Moon, who is Silk. Right. And who, this is going to... Re- familiar with silk like a little like the fact that she exists sure yes and that's going to require a little bit more of an explanation in the early 2000s there was a story that culminated in a story called the other where it was revealed that even though spider-man is spider-man he's like a member of a group of spider totems yes which is people with spider powers but they don't necessarily get them all through science they just get them one way or the other and in fact i think it was like tried to be revealed that peter parker's like whole radioactive thing had like a weird bit of like fate magic to it sure he comics. Was t- he was told this by a guy named ezekiel who was just like a dude with spider powers who like hung out in a suit he was like an old guy well this guy ezekiel also found cindy when she was younger and knew that she had spider powers and trained her to hone her spider powers but didn't want Morlun to get her because Morlun, this inheritor guy, is a vampire who sucks the energy out of spider totems to kill them. Mm-hmm. So he hides her away for many, many years until she's like a grown adult. And then Spider-Man finds out where she is and like goes and is like, oh, my God, she's been trapped there because he finds out all these secrets mm-hmm. and goes and like grabs her. And she's like, no, now Morlun's going to like find me and like kill us. And Peter's like, no, I killed Morlun because he did. He killed Morlun like years and years ago. But he's back. But he's back. Yeah. He's come back a few times now. Because nobody's dead in comics. Right. Gwenpool would know that. She would. So, and Cindy and Peter have this weird thing where if they're around each other, they get these like spider pheromones that just kind of make them like... Yeah, they just... Like thirsty. (laughs) They're like cats in heat when they get too close to each other. I do not like it. Yeah, it's real bad. It's and it's just like it doesn't add anything. It it's just like this weird thing they like, they, like gives them in. like this forced chemistry that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I'm I'm not fond of it. Uh and it's kind of played for laughs, but anyway, we're talking about Superior Spider-Man first. So all that kind of leads into Superior Spider-Man, which doesn't take place at when at this current point. It takes place in the middle of the Superior Spider-Man run. There's a bit where there's like a temporal sort of thing. And in this issue, Superior Spider-Man number 17, Otto Octavius disappears into the time stream and comes back a day later. And all of this is happening within the 24 hours that he's gone in the time stream. 
Right, right. So, like, many, many issues later, it is explained what he did for 24 hours, right? Yes. yes. In fact, Superior 32 and 33, they came out months after Superior ended, which it ended at 31. And they're just like, here's some more. Right? So, like, yeah, this is this is that, that stuff that you maybe wondered what was going on. Yeah. But it's interesting because it's, like, it's, it's basically like a miniseries, but it just retains the original numbering. It's kind of, to me, it's kind of clever, but I don't know if it actually is. I feel like it could be really confusing to people. I mean, it's, it's comics. I feel like the more you think about it, the more confusing it is. And the more you just, it's like, isn't, isn't that like surfing? You've just got to let it, like the waves just take you and you can't fight them. Do less. Do less. Well, not, well, not doing anything. Uh... <laughs> All right. Well, um, then we kind of have his whole thing where I love that uh, there's things I love about the Otto Octavius Spider-Man. I love that he's just like, I got to solve this. What? I just got the do less joke. I just remembered. <laughs> it's from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, isn't it? It just now hit me that that's what you were referencing. <laughs> I might just go in the blooper spot. <laughs> I'm glad that. You got my reference eventually. Uh, eventually. So Otto, what I love about him is he like just takes everything in stride. He's like, I guess I'm in the future. Better find a way home. Oh, I can't get home. But all these Spider-Men are dead. Guess I better find out what's killing all of them. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of does. And <laughs> yeah, he's gathered together all of these these different spiders. And he's like, I got a plan mm-hmm. to take down these these vampires and he thinks he's very clever and it doesn't work yeah that happens a lot with Otto. one of his problems is kind of his his hubris yeah and you can you can even tell like when he rescues um spider Spider spider-man india pavatir Mm -hmm. like he's got this like what do you what do you you think you're the first Mm -hmm. which was kind of a cool scene because yeah that they pop into back into 2099 and like there's all these spiders and that's so cool right but then the next one, he's got his plan. He's got his little energy beams for his cool robot spider arms. And uh, they just don't work, really. Right. Like uh, the, the um, oh, who, what's the name of the villain in this one? Karn. Karn. Not per- the silver golem. Not the one who uh, who minus threes and exiles one of your. Uh... That was a difficult thing for me. I was like, okay, this is a this is different Karn, different Karn. Yep. <laughs> so readers, there is a character named Karn in Magic: The Gathering, and he's also a card, and it's a pretty good one. So <laughs> right. So Karn in my mind, that's just what Karn is. But now <laughs> I'm gonna make room. I can I can adjust. I can, can you adapt. have two Karns in your head? I mean, you can't have two Karns on the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> And Karn looks like an old-timey diver. Yep. He looks like straight out of Scooby-Doo. He does look like he's a of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> like Zoinks Auto! <laughs> yes. Now let's unmask him and see who he really was. Karn was Old Man Jenkins. <laughs> no, Karn was Karn. Karn was Karn. <laughs> Do you feel like Karn is going to turn good? I mean, we we've already seen that he doesn't enjoy killing that it's just what he has to do to survive like if he stops killing he dies right because that's an interesting thing about these guys is they're portrayed as evil but they literally have to eat the spider totems right i mean they're vampires they're yeah they're like cosmic space vampires spider-man puts up with a weird amount of vampires there's also morbius the living vampire who is unrelated to these characters (laughs) 
I feel like I'm trying to think of other comics where there have been vampires that I've read, like other superhero comics. But there's an X-Men series called Curse of the Mutants that has vampires. It is famously the comic where Cyclops told Dracula that he just wants him to follow his heart. (laughs) Uh, Dracula is a character in Marvel Comics, too. We're getting a little off track. But there was a comic for a while called Team of Dracula. Because basically, if you have a world that has, like, supervillains in it, or super anything, why not throw Dracula in there? He's, he's, you know, there's no copyright on Dracula. Mm -hmm. You can do whatever you want with Dracula. Oh, wait, were there vampires in, there might have been vampires in Gwenpool. That's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. town of they were town of vampires. Yep. There was uh mm-hmm. vampires in our guest Chris Sims and his writing partner Chad Bowers as X Men ninety two. Okay, so so vampires, vampires around a tried and true Marvel tradition. Mm-hmm. But these these vampires, they're super scary vampires. Yeah, and they got pointy teeth, but they don't suck your blood that way. No. They just kind of like they like, hocus pocus it out of you. They do hocus pocus it. Mm-hmm. Oh, what if they would have done three of them and they just looked like the sisters? <laughs> they would have had to do the walk and like the, the, what, with the feet they got. And they almost like do like a, huh, huh, huh. That, I'm going to edit that out. That probably sounds really weird. No, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, very thematically appropriate too. That we're in the, the Halloween month. Oh yeah. We got vampire comics around Halloween talking right. Hocus Pocus. It's great. So before this this series, none of the rest of the family came up. It was just Morlun. Mm. So it's kind of odd that Superior Spider-Man doesn't have Morlun in it. Okay, yeah. But there was apparently before this a free comic book day, like several pager, not long, that introduced Spider-Verse. So it would have been like in May. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, they do that a lot. But then sometimes it becomes hard to find. Right. Uh, I think it's easier with digital stuff. But it was, I think, Morlun coming back, and he killed the Spider-Man from Marvel 1602, who is Peter Parquois. <laughs> uh, he was a Spider-Man who had a little ruffle, like a like a, a Elizabethan ruffle. Okay. Yeah, I think he also performed at the Globe Theater, so he and you are f- fellow thespians. Ah. Uh-huh. I just thought it was weird that Superior didn't have Morlun in it, even though he's like he's kind of like the the character that people would know. Hmm. I guess. I guess. Yeah. But maybe maybe the you probably know better than me since I'm reading. I haven't read all of the Spider-Verse stuff yet, but I oh, feel like. Either. Okay. Well, I feel like that Karn is just going to become central and key to this story. He's our sympathetic villain. I think you're right. And maybe that is why they started with him. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know if you would necessarily move him to Morlun immediately. Like if you just see it with the spears. Because mm. he tends to stab people with spears. Yeah. This little like. It looks like like a a cattle prod. Yeah, which does some real damage. In the backup with the assassin Spider-Man, he definitely, like, vaporizes Wolverine except the skeleton. Right? Like, how do you do do that to Wolverine? It's actually, it's been done. (laughs) How? How? Wolverine's been burned down to a skeleton and then came back. So I saw this and was like, what? You could come back from that. (laughs) (laughs) And assassin Spider-Man, he also, he also had a lady. Well, Gwen's... With him? Oh, no, 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 you're right. It was Alex. I don't remember who Alex is. Well, you know, she was, she was okay. He, but Assassin Spider-Man was like, well, as long as, as long as Alex is going to be okay, I guess I'll come with you, strange Spider-Man. Right, and Superior's like, well, they just want you, bud. Right, and that, that's like the thing that the vampires aren't going to do damage to anybody but the spiders. Right. 
Which I feel like if you were like a good bad villain, you'd like hold some hostages. Yeah, something. Yeah. Well, anyway. I can't remember if it, I don't think it happens in Superior, but there is, there is one world where he's not just eating spiders. I think it, I think it's Morlun though, that is eating all of the animal toad. I think it's toad. Deimos. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Is it Deimos or De- did I say it's, it wrong? No, I think it's Deimos. I think Deimos. you're right. Okay. Where he's just eating a bunch of them. So can we talk about some of the weird spider worlds that they go to? Oh my, there's so many. Okay, yes. Let's go through them. So they go to the Spider-Man and his amazing friends world. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, I think that one is Morlun. Okay. But man, I don't know. So they all look very similar to... Except for the blonde, blonde twins, the, the boy and girl. Yeah. But a lot of them just have long, dark hair. Mm-hmm. So, readers, it's going to be a real strug to remember these. All these guys. But that was, like, from Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And they even comment that the world is, like, kindler and gentler and eating them is, like, candy. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's from a kid's cartoon. Yeah. Holy crap, though. Then they're, like, this like, friends are, like, dead. I'm, like, good lord. Imagine, like, going from Spider-Man and his amazing friends and then going, I want to read the Spider-Man comic, Mom. And then, like, oh, no! <laughs> or when they, they kill the spider kitty. Yeah, there's spider cat. Yeah, that was pr- I was really bummed out about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then the the world where there's all a bunch of animal totems, that is from a short-lived cartoon called Spider-Man Unlimited, where Spider-Man tran- like was transported into this like weird kind of far future with anthropomorphic animals. So it was basically like Spider-Man but with like like some kind of tech noir, but also like Kamandi. Do you remember Kamandi from DC and he yeah. had all his his animal friends? Yeah. It was a lot like that. Oh, okay. Well, but he's dead now. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, a lot of, lot of death here. Very much uh, kind of the feeling of Crisis in this comic. It is very much like Crisis. Right. It kind of seems like uh, we're, we're just killing off a lot of... A lot of characters going through, you know, to all these different universes. So it feels very similar. Also, there's some sort of side plot going on that we're not hearing about where things are happening to universes. Like, And I can fill in you and the readers on that one. Mm-hmm. At the time, uh, Jonathan Hickman was writing his, his kind of magnum opus Marvel run on Avengers and New Avengers. And in those comics, there was an issue where Earth's would would were like out of sync and would start to converge on each other and if they fully converge the earths and their accompanying universes would be destroyed in mm. the illuminati which is a group of in in marvel of like the the smart boy marvel people so like mr fantastic and iron man and professor xavier although i think professor xavier dies pretty soon so we really mean just the smart boys not we are not including any of the super genius women no it is a the... boys club <laughs> but it is not portrayed as necessarily good okay at least uh, there's that right they kind of have are trying to figure out how to solve this also cap was in on it early on and then they erased his memory because he like wanted to do the the right thing well of course he would he's cap he is cap well so the entire time all these universes were ending, and when they would encroach upon the 616, the main Marvel universe, they would find a way to solve it, which sometimes meant blowing up the other Earth. Yeah, that, that, I could see how Cap would have problems. I don't, I can't remember if they ended up blowing, like, inhabited planets, but they had to do some, like, pretty heinous stuff, and it was all very much a, like, what will you do to, like, prevent the impossible? It's the, it's the trolley problem, or the trolley 
Trolley question? Trolley problem? Trolley problem. Mm -hmm. It is a trolley problem. And it led up to the last two universes being the 616 and the ultimate universe, which is um, Earth 1610. Mm -hmm. And they kind of went on. And then they both died. And then Secret Wars happened. But not the Secret Wars you and I read. A more recent Secret Wars, which I hope we get to soon because it's a very fun comic. (laughs) But that's what was going on. And that's what the Omniversal Majestrix Saturnine was concerned with. Right. So she's concerned with multiverses. She's from Excalibur. Yes. But the whole, like, Captain Britain core thing is, like, I think even precedes that from when Captain Britain had a solo title in the UK. And it's very much like there's a Captain Britain from every world and they get together to try to solve these problems. Uh And Spider UK is the Captain Britain who is also a Spider-Man, which is just a really great Because why not? I kind of like him. He's watching all this and just going, well, this is awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, Saturnine won't listen to him. And then there's Lady Roma, who um, is also from Excalibur, um, and probably earlier, who sends him off. I thought it was interesting that he got sent off separate from Superior Spider-Man. So I'm wondering if we're going to get two groups of Spider-Folk together. Right, because it seemed like, yeah, we had Superior's group, and then we had... Like, uh, the other group that Captain Britain was getting together. Mm-hmm. But they haven't converged yet. Mm-hmm. And the timing's gonna be strange. Because at some point, I'm sure Superior is going to meet up with Amazing. Well, you know, whatever. There's different time streams and... I don't, it's comics. You don't question it. You just... <laughs> no, you I, do less. I think they did it on purpose. I think mm-hmm. they're just gonna... Because they've had ideological clashes in peter's brain but now they're going to get to have like an ideological clash with punches maybe oh yeah because there's this whole thing in superior's group of like superior and then assassin spider-man and then oh who's the lady she Uh. is the spider woman from the old man logan universe which is the uh, like a future where the super villains killed everybody and old man logan and, and old man hawkeye are like rumbling through the desert she is the daughter of Hawkeye who married or had a kid with Spider-Man's daughter of that universe and it doesn't really go any further into it. Her name is Ashley Barton and Mm -hmm. she is kind of mean. Right. So like these three are like this little trio of like we know what really has to be done. All these other friendly neighborhood Spider-Men like they don't have uh, they don't have it in them to kill these guys but we're gonna have to kill these guys. Right. Which I don't know how how any Spider-Man can be like Gosh, you know, whole family that's traveling the multiverse just to kill all the spiders. You know, I don't know what we're going to do with them. Right. Well, they just don't kill. I don't even, I think I said that Peter Parker killed Morloon. I'm not sure if it was directly his actions that did so. Peter does like, nah, no killing. That's just not his deal. So I, I like, how do you stop? I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, we could have a fun you know, creative, quirky comic where they come up with a different energy source than the spider totems for them and everybody gets along and plays nice. And you know what? There is a comic like that, but it's not Spider-Man. You know what it is? is, it, is what is it, Christy? <laughs> I talk about it too much because I love it. It's Squirrel Girl. <sighs> Squirrel Girl would team up with Spider-Man and come up with a different energy source for all of these. What in what what are they called? The Inheritors. Inheritors. She would come up with a different energy source for the Inheritors. She would. Are we uh, going to have an Edge of Squirreliverse soon? I hope so. Alternate universe squirrel girls. I hope so. I love creative problem solving in comics. Well, so far they're 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 
don't have a lot of solutions. They even found out, Superior did, that all of them gathering together just makes them a bigger target. Because it's like sensing a much brighter... Right, right, which um, becomes like a really sad thing in Amazing, right? Oh, yeah, because that's how they find Mayday. Yeah. Because Mayday lives with her father, Peter, who is a spider totem, her mother, who is not a spider totem. Mm-mm. Mary Jane. Her, Mary Jane. Herself, and then her little brother, Benji, who is also a little spider totem. And oh my gosh, readers, I did not, I did not handle it well. I did not make it through it because you... you you do sad things to families, and I'm just a, I'm a mess. Like, babies are involved. It's a mess. Kids kids even involved. Like, it, it's awful. I am, like, inconsolable. It's terrible. <sighs> so we definitely have Mayday set up to very much hate Deimos. Yes. And I feel like he's going to get some uppance. Yes. So, readers, I didn't really, like, explain what made me so sad, but... The, this, we've got this whole family together and we come in on like their house in flames. Mayday's boyfriend is like trying to save Mayday and, you know, is useless because I think he's just a, a normal like human being with no special powers yeah. trying to take on a like multiverse traveling vampire. Yeah, like centuries old vampire boy. Right, right. So Peter Parker jumps in with his like bum leg to try and save his daughter and he just gets Ed and but he's like. You know, Mary Jane just saved the kids, and MJ just cannot manage to to leave him behind. So he just sent, she just sends Mayday and with Benji, and was like, you know, you you have to take care of your brother now. And they get picked up by the Spider UK crew. Which, as a mother, can I wholeheartedly disagree with MJ's actions? Um, I think you can only take that as a personal thing. I don't think you can speak for her. Well, I know I can't, but I would just me in her place. Sorry, sweetheart. I would leave you to take care of the kids. Okay. Because what was she going to do except die with him? That's fair. I think Mayday is probably, I think the thought was that Mayday was was, uh, very capable and she is a stronger person than, like a a physically stronger person than her mom. But it's also, they were just, they, so A... You I think it's a your parents have to die for you to go on adventures situation. Right. And it was also like MJ and Peter together forever. Bad boys, bad boys for life. So the rest of the amazing <laughs> comic that is not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like I am very uppity in this moment and it's uncharacteristic of me, but I just, I cannot, I cannot fathom leaving my children without a parent. If I had the choice. Yep. Chrissy's getting all judgy mommy today on Chris's on Infinite Earths. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. I feel it's a very sweet love story to imagine that you're going to stay with your husband no matter what. But okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. I was trying to make it better and I think it just made it worse. We're just going to move on. We also kind of have this main amazing story, which we thought about not including because it's not very spider verse Except it does introduce Silk, which I feel like is important with her new costume. Mm-hmm. And then it does have a really fun team up. Yeah. Where Miss Marvel uh, is, like, very, like, starstruck to be working with Spider-Man against Dr. Minerva, who is honestly probably the least interesting part of this comic. <laughs> Although, it's kind of funny that Spider-Man gets her to leave by saying, like, did the Kree government really say you could do this? And she's like, uh, uh, uh. Uh, and then just leaves, and mm-hmm. so he just tattles on her to get her to leave. Right. Yeah. Creative problem solving. I love it. It's right. great. I, I enjoyed it. 
So there's a moment where Miss Marvel says that she ships Spider-Man and Captain Marvel and asks if they've been on a date. I get how us in, in the real world can ship comic book characters. It's weird to ship real people. But people do it all the time, don't and they? It's weird. I mean, I think, I think sh- they just tried to m- make her seem young. I mean, I feel like the young kids ship people all the time. I Like real people? Yeah. I just I just hear about it a lot with fictional people. I mean, yes, but like I spend most of my waking hours in the halls of a middle school. Do they ship each other? Uh, kind of, yeah. Do they use the term shipping? Uh, generally not when talking with adults, but I hear things. Oh man, that's weird though. Like, but it's it's like who do you ship in in Marvel comics? Like, who are the fictional characters? I mean, but but okay, so if you lived in a comic book mm-hmm. and you had all these superheroes, it's like it's like shipping celebrities or something. I guess, but I I don't ship celebrities. I think that's strange because they're 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 still like humans. Yeah. I just that part kind of skeeved me out. And like telling somebody, "Oh, I ship you and Captain Marvel." Oh, I just thought it was kind of fun and quirky. I think it is supposed to be portrayed as fun and quirky, but it's it's like a little strange if you think about it. Like, and she write like an. That's just like saying. Like, I think you guys would be great together. Yeah, I guess so. But using or, the you guys would make beautiful babies. Can you imagine what their babies would look like? People, people say that kind of crap all the time. If somebody told me you and so and so would make beautiful babies, it would make me very uncomfortable. Unless I was like, it was like you and me who are literally married, and even then, still maybe a little uncomfortable. What if we weren't planning on having kids? Now, granted, okay, that was like the first thing your mom said when we got married. We gotta edit this part out. <laughs> so, okay. Um, I just I don't know why I think the shipping is just strange to me, but it's it's just it's like a it's a very Miss Marvel thing. I, she writes fan fiction in like canonically and everything. Her whole whole deal is she is a big fan of superheroes and mm-hmm. then gets to become one. Mm-hmm. So I get that it was put in there. It was still a little strange the implications of it for me. Although I love Spider Man's response, which was basically like, "Yeah, I've been on one date, but like she never called me back," and he was a little <laughs> bitter about it. Oh. Uh, Captain Marvel is way outside of Spider Man's league. I mean, I don't I don't like placing people in leaks. <laughs> she's she's going to she's going to highlight her own movie soon. Mhm. Yeah, but then Spider-Man did. Man, that would be weird in the MCU since they're oh. radically different ages. Oh yeah, yeah, since uh, Captain Marvel is going to be like an adult in the 90s and like Peter Parker is like a child in present time in the Marvel universe. I think when Miss Marvel was introduced, Spider-Man was still, like, maybe in college. So she's probably still supposed to be a little older than him. Which, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. It's whatever. It's just, it's just funny. <laughs> well, so that that story, do what, is there anything about it that, like, really struck you? That was, or did you really just, like, focusing more on the Edge of Spider-Verse stuff? Well, I knew that that was um, really the focus of our crossover, so it was kind of, like, fun side story i guess yeah it's weird um, that we considered that one the side story when, when like, it was the, like the main story it was the main story right yeah. right i mean it was it was fun yeah it's interesting how so the first one had a cover that was like mostly miss marvel and spider-man and then spider uk in like the bottom corner 
Right. The second one has Mayday as the big cover and then the main story in the bottom corner. And then it leads next into Spider-Verse where it's like all Spider-Verse. Mm. I don't know if it was meant to it's be like this It's like the fade-in. Yeah, that's almost what it seemed like to me. And I thought that was really creative and I don't know if they actually wanted to do it or if they just thought the art for the last stand of Mayday Parker just looked really cool. <sighs> the last stand of Mayday Parker. I, It's real hard for me. It is. I promise that she's going to get very cool moments from what I understand. On balance, cool moments are parents. Gotta have cool adventures, Christy. Your parents have to die for you to have cool adventures. Sorry, Will and Charlie, you will never have cool adventures. (laughs) Never. No cool adventures. (laughs) (laughs) We're scolding. You have a timeout. You are not having cool adventures. (laughs) This... Did ultimately, even though we, I feel like we kind of got meandering with the discussion, there was just a lot that was going on, but it ultimately made me really want to keep reading this. Because we already have the setup of these two groups, and then we have Spider-Man and Silk, who are on their own, mm-hmm. who are probably going to get roped into this somehow. We've got a bunch of different like villain sub-stories. This isn't like the world's deepest comic. Like, I don't, I don't know if we're getting like really pretty. We got a lot of width. It is a comic that tries to go wide rather than deep, which we're a crossover event podcast. I feel like that's the majority of what we deal with. That's our bread and butter, Christy. (laughs) Why have themes when you can have lots of different punches? How many characters can you have punching in your comic? (laughs) In this one, many much. So many. So it's kind of an intro, but I'm looking forward to seeing where we're going to go. But we are not going straight into Spider-Verse. We are going to go into something else first, but before that, maybe we need to do our accolades. Accolades! Christy, what's your best line? My best line uh, happened between the Cyborg Spider-Man and the Assassin (laughs) Spider-Man. And Cyborg Spider-Man said to the Assassin Spider-Man, why do your web shooters fire bullets? And Assassin Spider-Man says, I think a better question is, why don't yours? We got a daily double! Daily double! <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I want to know how they switch. Do his web shooters ever shoot web, or is it just bullets? Well, if he was in the wilderness with Wolverine, probably webs weren't that useful, so maybe just bullets. Yeah, swing. You'd have to, like, very lightly swing from these trees, because trees are not as tall as skyscrapers. Mm-mm, and they're they're kind of dense, so I don't think he'd be, have smooth sailing in between them. I love that Spider-Man is useful in one city. Yes. And that's really it. Uh-huh. When he goes to space, there's got to be lots of bars around so he can swing from stuff. Like in Secret Wars, they had to be in big locations Mm -hmm. where he could swing and do lots of jumps because otherwise Spider-Man is just kind of, he's kind of a slightly strong guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yes, that was my favorite line. It's so good. Uh, All right. So who was your greatest hero? My greatest hero is Spider-Man UK. Okay. Because he saw this problem where these vampire people were killing all sorts of Spider-Man who are, you know, like, presumably equal to him in powers and strengths. And he just goes, yep, I'll solve it. Jumping in the time stream by myself. And Mm -hmm. I think that requires a lot of gumption. 
Yeah, yeah. There, I think there is a lot of promise in an heroism there. Uh, I didn't go with that as my greatest hero, I guess, because I felt like, I, I guess he assembled a team, but not much. Has, they haven't, like, done much yet. Fair. So, you know, I I always look for, like, the biggest, like, martyr, like, self-sacrifice. Mm. So my greatest hero um, was Mayday's dad, Peter Parker. Because he sacrificed himself so she could get away. Yeah. That was so sad. It was. So the reason why he isn't Spider-Man anymore is because he lost his leg in a fight. Yeah. And he just can't Spider-Man quite as well. Mm-hmm. So this was, he kind of like was like trying his best, even though he had a bit of a, bit of a hardship there. Mm-hmm. That's real, real sad. That's like, if you were like really invested in lots of sp- different Spider-Man characters, this is probably a very rough crossover for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they are a, just a bunch of them are going to die. Mm-hmm. It was sometimes nice when there were some where it was like a universe where we just kind of like made it up on the fly. Like this is the universe where the Civil War it still seems like it's going on. And you're like, oh, OK, cool. Mm-hmm. Whereas then there's like this one where like Amazing Spider-Girl was a comic that ran for a while. Mm-hmm. So like these are characters really get invested in. And they're like, hey, you haven't seen Mayday Parker in a while. Time to kill her parents. Yeah. 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 Well, coolest moment? I actually thought the coolest moment was when Mayday made her declaration that she was not, that she was going to like forget everything she learned and was going to kill him. That's pretty intense. I don't necessarily agree with that, maybe, but I cannot deny like the emotional raw power of it. Right. I mean, she just witnessed the death of her parents. Yeah, she's like holding her toddler brother. She was, she's pretty mad. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, my coolest moment uh, is when we get the fun panel of, like, ten different Spideys coming in and blasting up on Karn. They they just, um, I think it was right after um, he, uh, after uh, the Superior Spider-Man grabbed uh, Spider-Man India. Mm-hmm. And like they all burst in, and like we've got we've got like everybody there. So we didn't go through this in our in our um, summary, but maybe we should go over the full group that. Oh, with Superior. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, because we have Spider Man India. We have six armed Spider Man, uh, which doesn't Superior give him like a fun name, like the poly polymelian. Yeah, and he's like, just because I didn't know what that meant. There was there was a bit in time where Spider-Man started to mutate more into a spider. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, the whole six-arm thing. And I think this is just, like, now he's got him forever. Mm-hmm. And then we have Spider-Girl. Right. It's, I swear she's known as Spider-Woman. So I called her Spider-Woman, but I guess this comic wants to call her Spider-Girl. Yeah, and Spider-Monkey. Now, this is, to, to be fair, this Spider-Girl is not Mayday. It is specifically Ashley Barton, who we talked right, about earlier. Right, right, right. Spider-Monkey, yep, from the Marvel Apes universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Assassin Spider-Man. Yep, the one with the guns. And Spider-Man Noir. Yeah, Spider-Man Noir, who is um, from the Marvel Noir universe, where it's like everybody got their powers in like New York in the, in like the noir times, like the 30s and 40s. <laughs> so he's got like a, a little turtleneck mm-hmm. and some boots, and he has a pistol. Yeah, and he's of course, looks like he's in... Uh, a uh, sepia toned. Yes, those comics were in se- in kind of sepia toned black and white. I mm-hmm. think I I had some at some point. Oh, and then of course they were rescuing the cyborg Spider Man, mm-hmm. who is mostly a robot. Seems more like a robot than a person. 
Well, that's because he got kind of, like, beat up on. When we first see him, we don't even realize that he's a cyborg until he gets stabbed by Karin and doesn't die. Yeah, because he got stabbed right in the sonic cannon, which I love that he has a cannon that faces backwards. A very useful cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad my coolest moment gave us an opportunity to talk about all the fun spiders. That's true. I feel like we'll be doing a lot of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hopefully our podcast won't just be pointing at spiders, but you never know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last but not least, Crusher Creole Award for Silly Villainy. My Silly Villainy is them welding, like, a diver helmet to Karn. That is the weirdest thing, and why'd they pick that? Daily Double! (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely Silly Villainy. It's like they had to maintain their weird Victorian aesthetic, and they're like, what's a weird helmet? From weird they weld earth. it onto his head. Not just like we're going to give you like maybe like a phantom mask or like or a something. dunce hat. <laughs> like, There's could, a scene of them welding it. Right. They weld this mask onto his face. Like, I mean, I guess I was going to say, how does he eat? But like, okay, he he eats spider people yeah. through the mask. Mm-hmm. But like, how does he take his how do you take his shirt off? I guess they're button ups. They're all button ups. It just seems <laughs> like it would get in the way of a lot of things. What if your face itches? <laughs> yeah, get the spear in there a little bit. Do a little scratch. It's so goofy. It's very man in the iron mask. Mm-hmm. But like, the, which is why I'm like, this guy's gonna be a good guy at some point. I'm just sure of it. He seems to stay apart from them. Like he kind of just keeps going, and he seems he feels like it's torment because he literally kills that spider god. Mm-hmm. Who looks like he's like a like a one of those drow creatures? Yeah, the, the uh, I don't remember what they're called. Driders. He's like a it's like a spider centaur. Mm. Oh, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. A terrifying concept. But yeah, that's it's so silly. I mean, they're all like a little like over the top because they're like a bunch of Victorian vampires who are from another universe who hunt Spider Man, which is a concept that like never didn't come out of left field. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. So we had a couple daily doubles in there. Man, we don't confer about these beforehand. I feel like no, we just have... No, no. And sometimes I intentionally try to pick things, or try not to pick things that I think you might pick. So... Sorry for all the daily although, doubles. Although, like, I was like, surely out of, like, four comics, we'll, we won't wind up with the same things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I did for a while. My second place for Silly Villainy was the was Dr. Minerva getting, like... Uh, yeah. Told, told like, I'm going to tell on you. And then she going, ah, I'm leaving. So maybe I should have picked it out. Uh, I did have a second choice for, for best line. Hold on just a sec. What oh, was okay. that? My second choice for best line, it was by uh, uh, Spider-Man India. Mm-hmm. Um, when he says um, that uh, his, basically his mama didn't raise no fools. Um, yeah, he but... said, aunt, my aunt, you're my aunt Maya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, so, there's, like, a, there's, the, the Aunt Maya is the Aunt May counterpart for Spider-Man India. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He specifically says, yeah, my Aunt, my Aunt Maya didn't raise any fools. Yep. Which is <laughs> <Just> pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, we should probably talk about what we're going to do next. Mm-hmm. So, in two weeks from now, we are going to cover... The specific miniseries Edge of Spider-Verse. While these were, like, part of the Edge of Spider-Verse banner, we are going to cover Edge of Spider-Verse 1 through 5, which includes a very, very special first issue, which is the first appearance of Spider-Gwen, who is teenage Gwen Stacy as 
as uh, the spider hero of her universe instead of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So if you guys don't know, Spider-Gwen has gotten very popular and yeah. even has had like a solo book since then and just had a new solo book that is that I think started up maybe it, last week or something like that very recently i feel like i've seen a lot of spider gwen hoodies is that like yeah yeah uh, cons and everything everybody's always got the spider gwen hoodies yes spider gwen is a very very breakout character which um you know when people are like girls don't read comics and then there's like the new female characters or like the ones that are incredibly popular like maybe they should revise their thoughts on that right i mean when I first started reading comics, I was like, man, I don't want to like be like, well, I only read comics with girls in them, but like my favorite comics are the <laughs> comics where right. the female comics, well, they just are. Like the Marvel breakout characters, it's like Ms. Marvel, Spider-Gwen, mm-hmm. and Gwenpool, I feel like are like yeah. the, the newest breakout characters. Mm-hmm. And before that, it was like Miles Morales. So I don't know. I mean, is, is Squirrel Girl not included? Squirrel Girl's been, She's around, been around for a while. I mean, I guess Gwen Stacy's been around for a while, but not really this Gwen Stacy. Right. Um, yeah. But so like, love, I mean, there are so many, like, female titles that I had gotten, like, really into that just, like, get canceled. Bums me out. But at least we're getting our Wasp back. Yeah, I think that comes out next week. Yeah. And we still got Gwenpool in West Coast Avengers. That's true. All right. Well, so yeah, we're going to be covering Edge of Spider-Verse 1 through 5. So this will be the most we've ever covered at once. But they're all one-off hit, one-off stories. So the credits are also going to be a, a lot. So it's they're, some of them are kind of cool. I remember some of them being somewhat inconsequential. So we can kind of hone in on the ones we like. All right. And after that, we're just going to be covering the main stuff with maybe a possible exception. But we'll get, we'll get back to you guys on that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well... Uh, thank you all for listening. You can uh, find us on Twitter and Facebook at Chris's Pod. You can email us at Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail.com. We really appreciate your five-star iTunes, Stitcher, and other pod reviews. And if we see them, we will shout them out on the show. We should probably check them. I think it's been a little bit since we've checked them. But we'll check and we'll shout you out on the next program. Mm-hmm. And also, um, here after our sign-off, you might be hearing a, a very fun little trailer for something new that you can be expecting coming from us, along with uh, some other fabulous comics podcasts in November. Yes, uh, we have some very exciting stuff happening. Please stay glued to our Twitter mm-hmm. for some more information, but there is a very exciting thing that we're going to be doing soon. Yes. And until next time, slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. The world of comics podcasts is unpredictable. Yeah, like is the episode going up at 9 a.m. Eastern or Pacific? When you least expect it. Or are they going to skip a week? Again. Everything changes. I mean, I do love a good bonus episode. They are coming. Oh, oh, is it a guest? Acts of Friendship, the comics podcast crossover. Oh, I see what they did there. Coming November 2018. Wait, what are you doing here?